I had I had thought about just reading the first ten verses, but it's hard to stop once you get started reading Psalm 92. I'm just going to read them all. How about that? Then we'll back up and look and see what the Lord has laid in our heart. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto Thy name, O Most High, to show forth Thy loving kindness in the morning and Thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For Thou, Lord, hast made me glad through Thy works. I will triumph in Thy works of Thy hands. O Lord, how great are Thy works, and Thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring up as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But Thou, Lord, art most high forever, forevermore. For lo, Thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, Thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt Thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. You may be be seated. Father, we're honored tonight. God, we're thankful tonight, Lord, to be able to stand where we stand. Father, we're thankful for the reading of Your Word tonight. We're thankful, Lord, for Your Holy Scriptures. Thankful, Lord, for the choir. We're thankful, Lord, for the testimonies. Thankful, Lord, for Your Spirit that has swept across this place today. Thank You, Lord, for this wonderful day, Lord, You've allowed us to be a part of. Thankful for the wonderful service that we was in uh, just this morning. And Father, we pray today, God, that You would use us. God, that You would take this stammering time. And Lord, that You'd preach through us the message. Oh, God, help us tonight. Father, we pray, Lord, that You would take my broken words and my broken thoughts. And God, that You'd bind them together. Lord, You'd make something of this mess tonight. Oh, Father, we just pray, Lord, that You would speak to every heart. Father, we pray, Lord, if there's one here tonight that has a need, has a burden, God, that You'd meet them right where they're at tonight. Oh, God, that You'd be glorified. And Lord, that You'd be lifted up and praised and honored in this place tonight. Father, we truly love You. We thank You and praise You. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to notice tonight from uh, verse number 10, the last few words of that verse simply says this. It says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And I want to preach tonight on that thought about being anointed with fresh oil. I believe today if you was to read and study and look back through these uh, few verses of Scripture that we read, I believe that, no doubt, I believe that 
The writer is exalting the Lord. And I believe that he is uh, mentioning battles and enemies that he faces throughout the day. And I believe that he has come to a realization that without the anointing of God in his heart and anointing of God upon his life, he would be no match for the enemy. He would be no match for the battles that we face throughout the days to come. But you think about this tonight, and I, I believe that this, this is an area that I believe is most needed within the church houses today. Being anointed from on high. Being anointed from, from God. And having the anointing upon your life. And living an, an anointed life. You think about that. You know what that simply means? It means living a life full of the Spirit of God. We, you know, And we've got to die out to ourselves. We've got to crucify this flesh in order for the Spirit of God to come in. And make room for the Spirit of God to come in. We've got to... Uh, John said it like this. He said... I must decrease, but He must increase. We've got to get rid of this old man. We've got to get rid of this old woman. Crucify him so that the Spirit of God can be raised up within us. You know, I've thought about this. And I was just, just thinking here just a little bit ago. How often or how when was the last time maybe it was when we felt overwhelmed? And you know that it was the Holy Ghost of God that began to stir and begin to move in your life. No doubt you didn't have to ask who it was. You didn't have, nobody had to tell you. But you knew that when God come up on the scene, you knew that God was dealing and stirring in your heart. How long has it been since we felt that? And since we've uh, moved uh, with the Spirit of God in our life. Now you think about this. You know, I thought that it is a requirement that for a deacon to be filled with the Spirit. It, it's, not, it's not an option. It, it is a prerequisite and it is a requirement that a deacon within the church be full of the Spirit. It's a requirement by God's Word. And you think about this. I believe this even as a Christian individual. I believe that God commands us to be filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18 it says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. You think about that. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Now if we're full of ourselves, if we're full of the world, there's no room for the Spirit of God. We've got to empty out ourselves. We've got to empty out of our own lustful desires, our own fleshly desires, our own selfishness, our, our bitterness, our hatred, our anger, things that we may harbor into our lives. We've got to empty out of those things so that the Spirit of God may take residence and have more room and more space in our lives. I thought you think about this tonight. I, there, there's a few things I want to mention here, and, and we'll get down into the message here in just a moment, but, but I thought about this. I thought, you know, when, when studying in the Old Testament, and you think, about, uh, you think about the oil, He said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Did He not? And you know what? He mentioned fresh oil. It's a daily renewing. I, I can't go back on past experience. I, I can't go back on, on things that God has already done. I can look back to those things and see that God had moved in my life and see what God had done in my life. But I can't, I can't go back and, and, and draw from those experiences and get anointed from those experiences. But it's a, a daily anointing. It's something that happens. I, I believe when our minds become conscious, when, when we wake up in the morning, I believe that we ought to seek the Lord out in hopes that He will anoint us with fresh oil throughout the day. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. 
Now, Jesus said, He said that I come so that you might have life more abundant. And you know what? We don't have to wait to get to heaven to live that abundant life. You know what? We can be filled with the Spirit today. We can be full of the Holy Ghost today. We can be lifted up. We can be, uh, we can be just like we're floating around here today because of the Spirit of God that is so prevalent and real in our hearts and our lives today. I don't have to wait to get to heaven to live the abundant life, but I can live that life today being filled with the Spirit of God. I shall be anointed with fresh oil, allowing the Holy Ghost of God to fill us up and surrendering, surrendering my life over to Him, giving it all over to Him and trusting in Him today. Now you think about this. David, no wonder David said, he said, my cup runneth over. My goodness, you think. I believe David got a good dose of the Holy Ghost there. And I, I believe that, yeah, how many of you have just been there? You've been and, and you know that you're, you're just overwhelmed with the Spirit of God. And no doubt the Spirit of God has, has just moved and, and ran over, over top. You know, the, Jesus, I believe even before He commissioned the church to go out, remember He told there was, I believe, 120 that was gathered there. I believe it's in Acts chapter 2, I believe it is, where the 120 were gathered there. And He said, and he, he told them, He said, you stay right here. He said, you don't go out. You don't go... You don't go preach. You don't go do this. You don't go do that. You don't go establish a church nowhere. He said, but until the Holy Spirit comes by, He said, you don't do a thing until the Spirit comes by. And then we know that they was in that upper room that day and the Spirit of God swept through that place and it turned the world literally upside down in those days because of the moving and stirring of the Holy Ghost of God. You know, I thought about this too. You know, all is vain except the Spirit of God be in it. You know, every word that's ever spoken, every song that's ever sung, if God's Spirit's not in it, I don't want no part of it. Hey, I appreciate good anointing singing. When, when you get up and sing in the Spirit of God, it makes a difference. When you know who you're singing for and what, what you're singing about, and, and who it is you're singing to, and you're not up here just to, hey, look at me, what I can do. It makes all the difference in the world when we get up and sing for the glory of God and not to be seen. Same way it goes for when we testify. A good Holy Ghost filled testimony that gets up and somebody gets up and brags about Jesus, lifts up the name of Jesus, not pointing fingers to them. Hey, look what I did. Look who I am. Let me just say it's not about me and it's not about you. But it's all about the Lord Jesus tonight and what He has done and, and just who He is tonight. He's worthy tonight of your honor and your praise. You know, I thought there's a few things I want, I want to mention and I want to point out here. I, I believe tonight, first of all, you know, I, I thought about uh, if, we had, if we had some people that would get a hunger and get a thirst and, and get a stirring for the Holy Ghost of God and you know what, have a have a revival. And I'm not talking about just a few nights of services, but you know what? Hey, I believe amongst the whole crowd there can be an individual that experiences a revival. You think about that. You can be revived tonight. You can have a, a stirring and moving of the Holy Ghost in your heart and your life tonight. You can draw closer to God tonight simply by allowing the Spirit to have control over your life. You think about that. and My goodness, what a difference it could make in our lives if we would simply allow God's Spirit to have full control in our hearts and our lives. 
throughout the day and throughout any given service. You know, first of all, I want you to notice this. I believe that in the Old Testament, you'll find that the oil, it gives understanding and it gives direction. Now you think about this. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, you'll, you'll find that Samuel let the light go out in the temple. And God forbid that that should ever happen. And, but, it, but it happened in those days. Samuel let the light go out and you know that, that I understand that that was the only light that put off light with inside of the temple. And it was Samuel's uh, job, him being the, the priest, it was his job to go and, and to, to fill, make sure that the lamp was full of oil twice a day. And it was, uh, it was for the children of Israel, every time they walked by, they would look inside of the temple and see the light was on and knew that their God, He never slept. He never slumbered. Anytime they wanted to get a hold of God, they knew that they could get a hold of God. But somewhere along the line, Samuel let the light go out. And we know that that light was, it was, it was given off by pure olive oil. Now you think about this. The, the, this light, this light, it, it's a representation in this oil. It's a representation of the Holy Ghost in your life and in my life. If we're a saved, born again believer in the Lord Jesus. And how that we should never let the light go out. There's times when, when maybe Satan will sweep by and our, our, our flame may flicker and it may, it, it may flow back and forth from one side to the other. But you know what? God forbid that we let the light go out. We've got to keep the light burning and know for sure that God is still burning on the inside of us in hopes that someone else might be able to look and see Jesus in our lives and see the light burning and see the light shining in your life and in my life. You know, I thought about this. You know, if we're not careful, we'll get used to the darkness that's coming up in our life. You think about that. Samuel got used to the dark. He got used to the darkness. He let the light go out. He got used to, to the darkness there. Now you think about this. If, if we allow the light to burn and allow the light to shine in our hearts and our lives, you know at times it's going gonna, it's gonna to reveal things in our life. Would you agree with me? You take that light over into a corner somewhere and see what you might find in your home. It will reveal dust. It will reveal dirt and maybe a cobweb or two here and there. You know what I'm talking about. But you know what? If we're not careful, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just... It's okay. Those things are okay. We've lived with them this long. We'll just, we'll just keep living with them. You know what? Before long, those things keep growing. Those things keep growing and keep getting bigger and more prevalent in our life. You know what? But if we take the light over there, you know what? Darkness has got to flee in the presence of light. You know what? At times the light will reveal things in our life. You know what? Oh, if my goodness, you think if we can just get the, the light of God in our hearts and our lives once again and allow it to reveal things that should not be in our lives and bring them up here to the altar and pour them out to God and get up and, and have a more brighter light shining for the glory of God. Don't get used to the darkness in your life. Don't get used to the dark things in your life. Now, I thought about this. Second of all, I believe, I believe that the oil, uh, it teaches us and shows us how to live right and live holy. I believe that we ought to live a holy life today. Amen. 
I believe as a Christian individual, you know what? It ought to be our desire every day to live better than we did the day before. To live closer. You know, I, I, I ought to try and strive to live closer today than I did yesterday. And tomorrow, I ought to strive to live closer tomorrow than I do today. You think about that and what a challenge that is in each and every one of our lives. You know, we go out here and it don't take long. We're confronted by the world. And we're confronted by Satan and the things of the world. And, and my goodness, he'll buffet us. He'll, he'll hit on us and knock us down. And, and, and you know, the life is life at times. And we'll get kicked around and knocked around. But you know what? Thank God that we've got one that we can go to and depend on. But you know, you, you think about this. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, you'll find that Samuel went down. And God called him to go down there and He said, You go down and you anoint me a king. You remember the, child, the, the, the children of Israel, they chose them a king. They wanted a king that they can see, just like all the other nations. My goodness, they had him. They had him. All that they needed, they had him. But here, uh, God called Samuel to go down, go down to, to Jet, the house of Jesse. And he was going to anoint the Lord a king there that day. And he went down, and I believe there were seven brothers that passed by. And Samuel said, is this all the sons of the house of Jesse? And Jesse spoke up and he said, well, there's one little old ruddy boy, and he's out here in the field watching over the sheep. And Samuel said, we'll not sit down until you bring him hither. And they brought him in, and, and we know that, that Samuel took the horn of oil, the Bible says, and anointed uh, that, that man there to, uh, that day, anointed that, that young little boy David to be king over Israel. You know what? You think about this. I'm serving a God that has given me His Holy Spirit. He has given me His Holy Scripture. You think about it. Hey, we can get, be gathered today in the presence of God. And you know what? Because of that, it ought to encourage us and to in, encourage us to strive to live a holy life separated from the world. You know what? We can live an anointed life today. I believe that. I believe that with my whole heart that we can live a separated and, and anointed life today. You know what? The closer I get to the Lord, the closer I want to get. You think about it. You get digging and searching in the Word of God. It don't take you long. You'll find something there that will intrigue you. And you just keep digging. You keep digging. You keep searching. There, there's riches here that you'll never find. I'm convinced of it. There's depths there that we'll never reach. My goodness, you think. We ought to live a separated and holy life. You know, I believe this. I believe that God requires us and expects us to live a separated life. To live a holy life. You know, I thought about one time in my life, I remember, this goes back several years ago. I don't know how long ago it's been. It's been 22, 21 years ago maybe. We were working and at that time, Sarah and I had just been married just a short period of time. And the fellows I worked with, they were all ornery and, and they lived like the world and lived like the devil. And we were actually staying out of town in Parkersburg. And one evening they decided they were going to go get something to eat and I went along with them not knowing where they were going. Well, lo and behold, they pulled up to a beer joint, a bar. I didn't want no part of that. Thank God, 
I've never stepped foot in the first one. Don't intend to now. I've come too far to turn back now. But I'll never forget as they pulled into that place and I began to look around and it was a place that I knew that I didn't want no part of. And I seen the, the, the way that the place looked and the, the way the people looked and I thought I'm not going into that place. I was there that somebody else had driven there. I had no way back to the hotel. It was about a mile or a mile and a half down the road. And I said, I'm going back. I began to walk back to the hotel. Don't know if I've even ever told Sarah this. But I began to walk back and I made it maybe just a few hundred yards and I hear a vehicle come behind me in that gravel parking lot. And he said, I'll take you back. But you know what? I refused that day. God has been good to me. Not because of what I've done, but, but my goodness, you think of what Christ has done in my life and what Christ has done in your life. I want to be faithful to Him. You ought to be faithful to Him. And you know what? I believe we can live a separated and a holy life yet today. Now, I'd like to stand up here and tell you that I've always got it right. I've always done the right things. Always said the right things. I can't do that. But thank God when I mess up. Thank God when I fall flat on my face. I don't have to lay there in it. Thank God I've got one that will go to that He's faithful and just to pick me up and wipe me off and set me back down and say, this is the way you need to go. Bless His holy name. Now I thought about this. I believe that being anointed will bring unity in the church. You ever think about that? The Bible says where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. And in one place it said it's, it, it, I can't quote it word for word, but it talks about how wonderful it is for men together in unity. In the Spirit of God. You think about that. That we might be able to come in one mind and one accord. You think about it. If, if we've got some of them that's coming that's wanting to go this way, and we've got some of them that's coming that's wanting to go this way, we're hindering each other. But if we're pulling in the same direction for the same cause, you think of what could happen right here at Union Valley. And you know what? We witnessed that down throughout this past week. Thank God for those men and women that come so faithfully every night and give of themselves and to, to service for the Lord. I appreciate that tonight. I appreciate those men and women that come and work so diligently for those children. And that we could see the results of that I believe Sarah told me this morning there were a few that were here this morning that were here during vacation Bible school that normally don't come. We're seeing the results of that church. And we thank God for what the Lord what the Lord has done. But you know, you think about I understand when you think about the body, this old body that we live in, I understand that there are two hundred am I right, Sarah, there are two hundred and six bones. Sarah don't even remember. There's 200 and some bones in your body. I want to say 206. And you think about that. There's, you, you think about the joints. And you know that they're, they're not, not, every, not one of them's perfect. But you know, I believe this. I believe that, that God has put something in between every joint that will relieve friction, if you will. Yeah. You think about that. And it's a drop of oil. 
I believe between every, every joint of our bones, every joint of our body, God has placed a drop of oil there. And you know what? Nobody has to tell you if that drop of oil leaves. Because it begins to crack, begins to pop, and it'll, it'll hurt and it'll cause pain. You know, my dad, my dad has had both knees replaced. He's got artificial knees. Had one of them done several years ago, and a few years later had the other one done. Well, about this time last year, he was up on a steep bank uh, with a weed eater, and he, he slipped and he fell and something popped, and he broke something in one of those knees. And he had to go back and have surgery on that one on this, for the second time. And I was, te- was kind of teasing him about it a little bit. I said, they should have put a grease plug in that thing. And I'd have squirted me some grease in that thing, and... We had to loosen that thing up. But at times, it, it, it's, it's stiff. And you think about it. We get out here and we'll work hard and, and, and we'll, we'll exalt ourselves, if you will, or exert ourselves. And when, we, when the time comes to get, we'll go sit down. When time comes to get back up, boy, them joints are stiff, aren't they? They're stiff and sore. It's hard to... I hope I'm not the only one that when I work hard, I sit down, I have to have somebody drag me back up out of there. <laughs> but you know <laughs> but you know you think about this I believe that God has placed that oil between every joint that, that will relieve the, fr- relieve the friction and stress between our joints well you know when we're saved when we become born again you know we are a part of the body of Christ are we not? And not one part, except for the head, not one part of the body of Christ is perfect. That's you and that's me. Now, in the Spirit, you think about this, in the Spirit, in God's eyes, we are perfect because of the blood of Jesus. But in this flesh, we're still in the flesh, although we're saved, although we're born again, not a one of us is perfect. And you know what? There may be times, and let me just say this. If there's ever a time that there is, uh, there is friction between one Christian or another, I can show you somewhere where those individuals are not in the Spirit. Promise you. If there's any, if there's any problem, if, there, if there's any carnality, you think about it. If there's any friction, you know what? If there are two saved individuals and both of them are in the Spirit... We ought to be able to get along one with another. You think about that. And if there's any friction or any problem within the church, it's simply because we're not allowing the Spirit to do a work in our lives. Amen. And how important it is. How important it is that we live a Spirit-filled life. Live a life full, full of the Holy Ghost of God. And you know, even, even with our jobs, you think about this. Even with our jobs. You know, you, you think about two Christians on the job. They ought to be able to get along. If they're, if they're full of the Spirit of God, they ought to be able to get along. You think about the relationship between a husband and a wife. If we're both in the Spirit, there's nothing that God can't work out in our lives. The same thing for a relationship between parents and a child. How important it is that we allow the Spirit to move and to dwell and to reign in our hearts and in our lives. You know, but a lot of times if we're not careful, we'll allow our, our personalities to flare up. We'll allow our opinions to flare up. 
we'll allow this or that to come in or, or, or bitterness or hatred or, or selfishness towards someone else. We'll allow those things to overtake our, our lives at times. And you know what? It's simply at those times when, when God's Spirit is hindered, God's Spirit is quenched in any service if we're not careful. And you know what? It will prevent people from drawing closer to God. It will prevent people from being saved. We've got to live a Spirit-filled life and allow God's Spirit to dwell fully in our lives. It's important, important that we live a Spirit-filled life. Now, number four, I want you to notice this. I believe that being anointed or being living a Spirit-filled life will give us a desire to eat. Do you ever think about that? In Numbers, I believe it's in Numbers chapter 11, you'll find that God gave certain things for the Israelites to eat. And some of those things were bitter. And they were undesirable. And it was hard for them to swallow, hard for them to eat. You think about that. And what they would do, they would take oil. And they would cook them in the oil. And the oil would draw the bitterness out. And they were able to eat what it was that was so bitter to begin with or didn't taste well to begin with. Now you think about this. When the man of God gets up and preaches and he throws a big, brawl, tough steak out there at times, and you think, whoa, that's, that's hard. That, that's hard to swallow. That's hard to get a hold of. But you know what? If we're seasoned with oil, if, if we're living in the Spirit, if we've got the Spirit of God, you know what? You think about this tonight, church. You think when the man of God gets up and preaches and, and we sit back there in our carnal minds and we don't have the Spirit, you know what we'll do? We'll get up, oh, that hurt. I can't take no more of that. And we'll get offended and we'll get mad and we'll leave the church. We've got to be careful. But if, we live in a, if we're living a Spirit-filled life, we'll say, wait a minute. There's something there that I've got to take heed of. I've got to take notice of. I've got to clean this. I've got to take this thing to the Lord and let Him clean it out of my life. You think about that. And then you know what? We'll be able to swallow. We'll be able to eat what it is that the preacher... You know what? There's times when the preacher's got to be blunt. He's got to be bold. And at times, we'll have to draw in our toes, if you will. Living a Spirit-filled life and... How important it is that we live an anointed life. And you know, I, I remember I remember hearing a, a farmer one time talking about he bought some goats. And he bought a he, he bought a billy goat and, and two or three nannies, and he put them on the hillside, and it wasn't long they cleaned that hillside. There was, it was just a, a, a hillside of dust. And he said the, the billy would there was trees, a few small bushes there, and the billy would run up those trees and push push the trees down so that the nannies could, could eat the leaves and stuff out of, the, out of the tops of the trees. And he said it, it was just a barren place. Well, he throwed them down in the holler one time. Down, it was a place down in a deep, narrow holler, and it was just full of briars. Multiple, I, I know they had to be multiple roses. I hate multiple roses. Them things, them things got a hook on them. I mean, they're, they're hooked. I mean, they're, and I believe they got barbs on them too, just like a fish hook. I don't like them. I can remember we used to rabbit hunt a lot and we'd get hung up in those things. I, I remember one time in Broxton County we was rabbit hunting and I got down in a multiple, it was, I'm not kidding, it was about the size of this room, briars over my head. I got down in that thing and took me about 45 or 50 minutes to get out of it. They went on around the hill left me, went on hunting. I had to climb myself out of there. It looked like I was sorting wildcats when I come out of there. 
But you think about those briars and how, how they're hooked and how, how that they're, 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 they're shaped. And he thought, that farmer thought, I'll throw them, them goats down there and they'll not make it down there and then all them briars. He went back a little while later, man, they done cleaned out a patch, cleaned them briars out, and he thought, my goodness, how in the world they do that? And he got to watching. And he said he watched that old billy goat. And he said he'd cut off a briar, stem about that long. And he said that billy would look at that, that briar and he said he would turn that briar to where the, the point was facing towards him or, or, or away from him. And just as long as the point was facing away from him, he could chew that thing in. Now, if, if the briar was flipped around where the hook was facing backwards, it wouldn't go down. Now, you think about that. Here he got to thinking, my goodness, that... And you, you think about the preacher man. When we get up and preach, you know what? And, and that, that Billy got to thinking... Or, or he, that Billy... When he thought about that billy goat taking those things down, he thought, well, how important it is that we turn it around and take it in the right way because if we take it the wrong way, it's going to cause pain. It's going to cause hurt. But you know what? If we turn it around and take it the right way, we'll be able to grow from it. Now, it's no different than, than the preacher and the preaching. If we take it the wrong way, we're going to get hurt. We're going to get offended. And we're liable to, to bust out of here and not come back. Because we've taken the preaching the wrong way. But if we're living a Spirit-filled life, if we're living an anointed life, we'll take whatever the preacher preaches, we'll look at it and flip it around, oh, I've got to take this that way. And we'll be able to grow from it. You think about that, how important it is that we live a Spirit-filled life. And it'll give us a desire to eat. Eat of the precious Word of God. Now, I thought about this too. And I'll be done here in just a moment. It also helps healing the wounded. You remember, I believe it was in Luke chapter number 10, where the Good Samaritan went by. And they seen the one that, was, that had fallen among thieves. No doubt he was laying in a ditch. And the Bible says that they, he took the oil and he poured in the oil. You know what that tells me? That his wounds were not just superficial. It wasn't just on the surface. But he had deep wounds. And how pouring in that oil healed that man that day. Now notice this. I want to move on. Also, it uproots dead flesh in our life. And I understand uh, back in those days when these Israelite women... The Jewish women, they would take that oil and they would mix it with a little bit of sand. And, and they, would, they would rub it on their face. And it would moisturize their face. And, and it would even uh, push the wrinkles and stuff out of their face. And it would remove the dead flesh from their skin. You think about that. And how important it is that we live a Spirit-filled life. And it will uproot the flesh in our life. You know, at times, this flesh wants to rise up. Cause an insurrection, if you will, against the Spirit. And how important it is that we control the flesh. And by the Spirit, you know what, I believe we can overcome the flesh. How important it is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm finished. I want you to stand tonight. Kelly, are you able? Andrew, you come on back to the piano, please. But you know, I, I believe that 
We can't, we can't live in the Spirit by walking in the flesh. We can't, we can't obey the Spirit of God when we allow the flesh to overcome and to stomp out the Spirit. We've got to sacrifice and crucify this flesh daily. The writer of, of the psalmist said in 92, he said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And how important it is that each and every day that we experience the fresh oil of the Lord in our hearts and in our lives. None other than the Holy Spirit living a Spirit-filled life. And I believe this, I believe God desires for us to have a Spirit-filled life. I, I, believe, I believe He requires it for a, for a Christian individual. You know, not, not, just, not just on Sunday morning and Sunday evening and Wednesday evening or, or the week of vacation Bible school, but you think about it. However many hours, I, I don't even know, however many hours, hundred and close to 130 hours in a week, whatever it is, not just when we're in the house of God, but when we're out here in the world, it's all that much more important because if we're not careful, we'll lose our witness. We'll get in the flesh and we'll say this or do that. If we're not careful, we'll lose our witness. How important it is that we live a Spirit-filled life. I want to encourage you today, church, if the Lord has spoken to your heart, if there's areas, you know, no doubt that there's times in our life when the flesh will get the best of us. Let's just face it. Let's just, let's just come right down here where we all live. There's times when the flesh will have its way with us. We'll allow Satan to come in. We will, uh, you think about it, we'll meddle in things that we have no business meddling in before long. Before long, we're chin deep in it. If we're not careful. I just want to encourage you tonight, church. If you've got something you need to talk to the Lord about, why don't you do that? Why don't you come, unburden yourself? Maybe you know of someone that's in a battle, that's in a valley. Why don't you trust Him tonight? Why don't you mind Him? Why don't you come? Why do you have to?